Hello and welcome to Behavior Babble with Pam Smith and myself, Barb Avila. And Behavior Babble, as we call it, is brought to you on the Synergy Autism podcast. We're doing a series um, with the two of us talking about uh, what it's like to be a behavior consultant. And right now we're doing a series on different books that are out there about uh, challenging behavior and trying to turn those behaviors in your home or classroom around. So you're going to love this episode if you are curious about the book, 10 Days to a Less Defiant Child by Jeffrey Bernstein. We both loved it and you get to hear how this book helps you stop defiance by imagining things like your chi- imagining being in your child's shoes when he or she hears you yell at them or anybody and thinking about yourself as an emotion coach. So listen in. I think you'll really like it. We have split this up into two episodes. So this is episode number one, where we go through steps one through four. And then in the next episode, number 15, we go through um, chapters five through 10. All right. Listen in. Enjoy. Okay, we're on. Awesome. Hello. Hello. So I had the wild and crazy idea of reading books. <laughs> and we both struggled to uh, have our regular day jobs and try and get the book done. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I did not finish it. That's- I'm halfway through. <laughs> well, it, luckily, there, it goes day by day. I think we'll have plenty to talk about. So, yeah, I mean, I like this idea of taking some of the more frequently recommended books and um, putting our two cents <laughs> on top of whatever the person is saying. Because so often parents are, are recommended a book and then they're busy and it's hard. And so they can't they sort can't of approach it. all of them so that we, they need us to field them, you mean? Well, that and also you can't... You, I mean, the books aren't perfect. They're not, yeah. a, they're not a, a, a silver bullet. They're not yeah. a solution to things. And you have to be sort of critical about them. So even though in reading this, I found myself wanting to to recommend it to people, but I did it with 811 caveats of, Mm -hmm. it's not perfect. It's not going to solve everything. I want you to think about it big picture, you know, which is really hard to do when you're kind of, when you're struggling with a challenging set of behaviors. But I do have to say one of the reasons why I didn't finish it, and I didn't finish it kind of on purpose. Okay. Because I thought I can rush through the rest. Mm -hmm. And, um, but to be honest, I felt like it was so jam-packed of good stuff, pulling stuff from a lot of different directions to some real, like, tips and recipes for families to try and made it kind of more manageable. But at the same time, there's so much that it could be really overwhelming. Yeah. Which would be maybe one of the caveats that you, yeah. Right. Exactly. I really, so maybe we should say the title of the book. (laughs) 10 Days to... (laughs) I thought we might do that as the intro. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 10 Days to a Less Defiant Child by Jeffrey Bernstein. Um, And I hadn't read it before, had you? Read it before? I had, so the last, so it was recommended by a family. Mm -hmm. They said, hey, you know, we're really struggling and we found this book. And so really quickly, and I did rush through it the first mm, time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I read the whole thing, quote unquote, but on my phone. Oh. And um, so it was just too quick. So I really was excited to have another opportunity to kind of dive into it because I knew it was, um, like I said, jam-packed. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I was thinking... Had you heard of it before? I had heard of it before, but... 
really just in passing. I don't, I don't think it had any families well, read didn't it. didn't it just anything. come out? Two th- isn't it 2017? So I think it's um, pretty new to the field. Well, then maybe Where a lot of the ones we look at are like... 15. 2015. Oh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. Um, it just goes <clears throat> to show how many are out there that we don't know about and yeah. are in the field. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was... My personal notes went kind of day by day since it's the 10 days, so it sort of felt like... And I sort of tried to do positive and a negative, at least one of each from each day. It was sort of like a thing to be critical That's of. A idea. Or a thing to be... So what he does... Jeffrey Bernstein, he goes through each day of 10 days of tips, um, kind of overall concepts, and kind of unpacks them in mm-hmm. each day, and um, that was a good way of looking at it, pros and cons. I, what I chose to do was choose a few um, quotes from each day mm. um, that uh, were so powerful for me to think through that I thought we might talk about them too. So. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, I got through day four and I'm on to day five. Okay. Um, but one of the reasons is day four is power struggles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, whoa, this alone could be a whole podcast. It's definitely my, my longest, um, list (laughs) of notes that I. And so powerful. Well, and that's where the internet and screen time comes in. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. And he has tips and appendices yeah. um, on screen time and mm-hmm. references. Yeah. Super yeah. helpful. Yeah. That was going to be one of my other comments when we get there would be... Well, so let's... Um, so maybe we could start with um, day one. Yeah. Can we just get through maybe day... Well, as far as we can yeah. today. And then we, uh, you know... Yeah. And then we'll make our point. next yeah. conversation could be yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. I'd say we get through four, but I don't even know if we'll be able to do that because they're so We sometimes get a little distracted, as it turns out. So let's say who this book is for. Who do you think the book is for? Um, I think it's for parents who are um, knowingly or unknowingly sort of in a cycle of Hmm. negativity, basically, Mm -hmm. and... And their their child seems to be the center of it, but it, I mean, as he's really talks about, it's not always the center of it. Right. Um, so but kind I, of families that feel like their child is running the show at yeah. home and feeling kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I really think I I appreciated how he was. One of the first things he talks about is just that. And it's so hard to remember when you're getting yelled at by a six year old, but. <laughs> That, that, or a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old right. or a 15-year-old, yeah. Well, there's this weird thing that happens when your kid is older or when the kid that's yelling at you is older. Somehow it's like it gets lumped into like, oh, that's teenageness or whatever. And so mm. it somehow is more allowed. But when you have this little person who you're like, I just want to have you move from point A to point B. It's not that mm-hmm. and, and the point B is a good thing. You want to go outside or whatever it is, <laughs> well, right? it's often the case for any age, right? right? That the parent does know this is going to be better for you, but you then you end up in this battle. Right. Yeah. Well, and then maybe what happens with parents often is that by the time they're 12 and they're so tired of having that battle... That they they go fine. You don't get to go to you don't get to go outside and enjoy yourself. Here, <laughs> just I'm not worth it. I'm not worth fighting. So it becomes sort of. But when they're six, it feels to me like you're just so. Um, what I appreciated about him is the reminder that that is a defense mechanism, and that mm-hmm. they are 
that they, the child, are feeling so out of control. And we say that all the time, you know, people are seeking control. <clears throat> but that um, that child is feeling powerless, they're feeling mm-hmm. um, anxious, they're feeling <clears throat> worried. Well, and, he really, and he really pinpoints a couple things that we often talk about is that most kids with behavior needs are struggling with regulation and with mm-hmm. emotional intelligence is what he talks about. Like just learning how to manage their emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so for me, the positive that I appreciated was um, that he really does a nice job, I feel like, of consistently throughout the book saying, you have done good things as a parent. Mm-hmm. You are a good parent. Mm-hmm. You, you, Yes, there are these bumps in the roads. It's not going to be like this forever. You are, It's not the end of the world. It's, you know, stop, stop blaming yourself, you know, yeah. is one of his... Getting ready for day Take two. Take action. Get, get out of reactive mode. Yes. Kind of like, kind of thing, all yeah. of that stuff, which I really appreciate because, and I love that he starts the book with that, right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes you, you get all these tools and then at the end it's like, oh, by the way, forgive yourself. Well, he starts with, yep. forgive yourself. Like, it's okay. Well, not you only picked up the book. It, it says it's the foundation. Right. Right? So he brings it up again and again that yeah. you have to be, um, you know, he brings in even Buddhism, right? Mm-hmm. Like, of making sure that you're, you know, uh, well, that's the whole react instead of being mm-hmm. reactive, being responsive and mm-hmm. mindfulness stuff that you, you, so many of the tips and recipes that he gives require that because you have to be calm enough to, uh, you know, I'm using some of Dan Siegel's stuff. You have to have mindsight. You have to be able to, you know, he talks about being ta- taping yourself to the ceiling yeah. so you can look down and see yourself and your child. And in order to do that, you have to be centered. Mm-hmm. What does he say? He says, be uh, calm. Oh, right. Um, calm, non... Oh, yeah. Where is it? Non, not non Oh, non-control. Here it is. Non-control. Calm, firm, and non-control. Right. There's there his three. I love that. Yeah. And I... Well, you will, you'll know this later, but he brings it to parent interactions with other... With, like, teachers. And he says, be calm. Firm and non-controlling when you're discussing a problem with a teacher or with a awesome. partner or with a family, extended yeah, family member or whatever. The appendixes were amazing <clears throat> on that. Yeah. So I just glanced at them again. Yeah. Um, I love, too, this restoration of pleasant images of your child. Ah, me too. I wrote that, that was, one down, too. That's so wonderful. To, to Again, back to when you spend a lot of time, especially with us as the professionals, right? They spend so much time. It's almost like they they, the parents, um, are, well, well, I've got her in front of me. I need to make sure that I tell her all the bad things. And it's like, well, wait a second. What, what are you telling yourself then? You're prepping to talk to me and all you're thinking about is all the negative. Like that's, mm-hmm. you're spending a lot of time on this problem as opposed yeah. to thinking of solutions and thinking of, it's the whole, the, the secret, right? Putting out there in the universe, what you want to have happen and all that kind of stuff. Well, and also looking at the other positive parts of your child Mm -hmm. where I think when um, controlling behaviors are happening in your home you get so mired in that that it's hard to see that your kid is you know a creative thinker or is good at this or is good at that and so um, trying to get those images in your head when you're sitting down to try and work through something Mm -hmm. yeah I love that that was powerful yeah I did think that um, that he specifically says something along the lines of, and I did not quote it, and I don't have the specific words, but he says something along the lines of, your child is feeling entitled um, 
to to run the show at times. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case when we have someone who has, you know, developmental delay or intellectual disability or any of those kinds of things. That tends to not necessarily be entitlement and much more about I'm feeling out of control because I don't understand the world, so I'm going to be more controlling. <clears throat> I, I picked up on that entitled word, too. It was kind of, you know, makes me bristle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I appreciate about this author is actually what made me bristle in the very beginning when I first picked it up. There was a lot of um, validation to parents of what they're feeling mm. um, and uh, that their child is being controlling. They seem entitled. They, so kind of speaking that language oh, right. first um, and then easing the parent into realizing that there are other reasons. Like even the, the day one is grasping why, mm-hmm. kind of trying to look at... Um, other reasons, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of wondered if he used that entitled word because that's so popular right now mm. and that it really speaks to um, a lot of parents and what they're feeling. Like, he feels entitled, blah, 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 and kind of making that realization that, well, entitlement might be... Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read it later. No, that's, that's a good point. It's a really good point. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you had quote the quote about restoration of pleasant images or what was your quote those were my that was it was a short ish chapter so i only have two so my quote from that that's from um day two so understanding understanding is basically Mm -hmm. day two right so the quote that i pulled from that was um the more you lead with understanding the less your child will follow with defiance Mm. and i love that because um it gives the sense that the parent is in the lead mm-hmm. and that you can lead with trying to understand rather than lead with, and he talks about later, of course, in the power struggle stuff. But if you first try and understand, your child is going to follow you in, um, in, in partnering with you yeah, instead of yeah. battling with you. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I had, I, I had, that was my positive is that you're, just remember your child feels mis- misunderstood and everyone wants to feel yeah. understood. Totally. In the world. <laughs> you know, I like that too, is that he would put, oftentimes in each shepherd, he would put the parent in the child's shoes. Mm-hmm. So imagine being the... Yeah. You know, so imagine being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? Doesn't right. feel so good. Right. You end up right. trying to fight for to be understood. You fight for and you, you know, it gets right. all messy, right? Right, right, right. <clears throat> and you're not very good at fighting as it turns out. Um, yeah. I, the other, I, the other, um, I don't, it's not a quote, but he, he brought up emotion coaching mm-hmm, in that chapter. Mm-hmm. And I love that because, um, and that's actually a Gottman thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he pulled that in too. I just, I really liked how many people he pulled in that I appreciate and respect, but emotion coaching of thinking of yourself as somebody who is not, you know, we've talked about guides, not. Um, trying to change behavior, but change how kids are thinking. Mm-hmm. And in this way, it's change how they're, you know, support them and how they're managing emotions by being an emotion coach. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's just going, moving to a, the coaching role. Yeah. It makes so much sense. And, and 
And I did, what I also just appreciate is that he's not expecting you to get this all the first day. He's not expecting you to make, you know, you know, I appreciate too that he's this foundation day one and day two. You're actually not doing anything differently with your kid necessarily. You're just changing your, starting to think differently, changing your own mindset, changing some of the words you use in your own mind, changing, which is so critical to, I mean, if you were changing your workout routine or something like that, you could just jump right into the gym but you probably hurt yourself, right? right? So if you get a little bit more mindful about how you do that, you can actually make long-lasting change. Well, it's interesting because one of my frustrations with the book, actually, is 10 days. Mm. This is 10 months. Oh, right. And But I think that if a parent who's seeking a fix now may not pick up the book... If it says 10 months to right. a less defined child. Right. But, and probably if somebody did do it in 10 days, they would have a, a much better scenario mm-hmm. granted. So I see that. However, I think each day could be unpacked with for that family. I mean, each each thing right. would make a huge impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I what, what I appreciate, I think, about the 10 days is exactly what you said. <clears throat> but that it... That it you know, he just sort of makes it packaged and then um, loops, loops back and you just do the best you can for that 10 days. And then it sort of feels like, OK, I did it for 10 days. I can do it for 11 days. I can mm. do it for 12 days. I can do it for 30. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of thing. Just each concept is so big. Mm-hmm. I mean, even it sounds easy. Stop yelling, which is the next one. Day yeah. three. Yeah. Sounds so easy. Yeah. OK, stop yelling. Right. But really when he, you know, he gets into um, the idea that. This was a funny one for me as a parent. So I think, oh, yeah, no, I know not to yell. And he even uh, calls me out on that, right? <laughs> you even know not to yell and you do it anyway. Yeah. Sometimes. And everybody slips. Right. But at the same time, he um, really drills down into why that's so bad mm-hmm. um, and why to avoid it. And um, you want to hear my quote for that one? Yeah. Defiant children seek to push your buttons and get you angry. By yelling, you are letting them know that he succeeded in upsetting you. Which is so true. You're letting them know that you lost control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the and they're feeling out of control yeah. prior to that. Yep. So then they make you lose control, and then they are in control. Yep. And they are controlling all negativity. Yep. So you keep the cycle going. Right. Is that the one where they had the cycle? Um, is that the chapter? <coughs> That's not. I even, uh, uh, I think it was. I wrote it down. Oh, no, that was in Understanding Your Child. Oh. That negative behaviors cause your frustration, which then causes your reaction, which then causes the child to feel misunderstood. Oh, right. And so it's just a right. cycle that right. keeps going. So it's kind of, you know, that's the other thing is each chapter definitely has... Yeah. Um, there's themes throughout all days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my only downside, well, two th- was at a couple of different points, <clears throat> he does talk about, and I know why he talks about this, but he does, my, uh, my bristling at making eye contact. Ugh. Oh, I know. He talks yeah. about that. Which I understand if you, if you don't have, um, you know, autism or another developmental delay that makes that sensory processing a diff- difficult piece of information or if you're just 
cueing eye contact, that's not appropriate either. What he's saying, connect with your child. He's just yeah. using the words make eye contact, right? And so just, I think I would be really sure to talk with a family if that was a big issue. Like if eye contact was a big issue, a big challenge for a kid, I don't think I would, you know, don't make them sit right in front of you and stare at their face. That That's just behavioral. No, exactly. I, um, I read it that the parent or adult should make eye contact, but not, I mean, I guess that requires the child to too, but. Yeah, I read it the same way where I thought, oh, that's awesome. But it was too too little of a mm-hmm. section, actually, in my opinion, that should have been more about connection. Yeah. Connect, check in. You know, right. I talk about curiosity to you. Like, right. making sure you have that joint attention. Right. Before you move on. Right. And I'm just thinking, I mean, I know, I know other kids that even if they don't have, um, you know, a sensory disorder or something going on, autism, etc., that would prefer and have much better conversation or much better connection, be able to be more comfortable if they were not face-to-face, if they were side-by-side mm-hmm. or in the car where, yeah. you know, you're sort of front to back and you just sort of got like that. And it has nothing to do. So that part, I agree. He's using make eye contact as mm-hmm. the trigger point and it's the most salient one for most people to say, mm-hmm. oh, this is how I'm connecting with another human being is by making eye contact. There turns out there are a lot of ways to do that. Mm-hmm. So definitely, yeah. Um. So it was funny in day three. Mm-hmm. They had the quote that we talked about in the last. Um, pot, I think oh, I know, I know. Einstein and quote. he was wrong. Because <laughs> remember how we looked it up and it wasn't Einstein. There was. It's it's undetermined. There were right. some that still think it's Einstein, and yeah. there were some. But then Alanon he. He quotes too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we still don't know where that quote is. I know, exactly. basically. But yeah, that's the quote of definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's funny that uh, that came up. Yeah. Um, really. Yeah. So all the stuff in in um, uh. In day four, I agree. Day four is like... Oh, I'm not of, ready. Oh, sorry. Day three. Tish. I just have a couple more things I want to say about Please day three. Please do. Please do. Please do. <laughs> oh, just one other thing that I really appreciated is he said that when you're practicing the calm, firm, non-controlling approach, it's not going to feel natural. Mm. That, like you were saying, when you kind of... That this is probably for families who are in kind of cycles or bad habits that are kind of negative, that it's going to feel awkward for a little while mm-hmm. of not yelling and trying some other things and calming yourself first, it's going to feel fake at mm-hmm, first. Mm-hmm. And I think that throws, I mean, I get that a lot from parents that they feel like, um, that it doesn't feel natural mm-hmm. and that sometimes it has to feel that way before it starts to feel normal again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. So, um, he also uh, kind of back to putting um, the parent in the child's shoes. I really liked when he talked about imagine being the yelly, mm-hmm. the one receiving the yelling. Yeah. That, that nobody ever Wants responds to well that. to that. No. Yeah. I really liked his um, <coughs> sorry. Um, 25 alternatives, or tw- was it 25 alternatives? Oh, yeah, to yelling. 25 ways to help you stop yelling. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so, and even throughout the book, she just has ten things to do this, ten, you know, just yeah. even, like, whatever. I feel like there's a lot of options to to support folks to remember what to do. Yeah, and even, like, this is what you're used to do, and here, um, you know, on yeah. the left, and then, like, tables, and then mm-hmm. on the right, here's what, how you can reframe that, or mm-hmm. do it in a different way, or here's an example of how you can do it, yeah. Yeah. So it feels like there's you, not, there's no way everything would speak to everyone, but I find that there's enough variety that mm. something should speak to you and start to sort of make, uh, sh- push at uh, or make change, help you make change. Yeah. So I like that a lot. I'm trying to remember where he's from. Back East or something? Philadelphia. Oh. According to the back of this book. Yeah, so I looked at his website. Oh. Um... I did not do that yet. Yeah, he's a, a counselor in private practice and wrote this book. So, kind of cool. Yeah. So you ready? I'm ready now. You're ready for day, day four? Day four. Okay. Where do you want to start with day four? Rising above power struggles. Yeah, so... Um, I really liked... Um, you know, again, it's a common theme. Mm-hmm that kids are having challenging behavior because they're lacking skills. Um, Where he talked about where you, uh, your child and you might be compensating for inadequacies, is how he put it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so trying that, thinking about it um, as a power struggle, (coughs) sorry, um, I don't know, there's so much about this chapter, I'm like, where do I start? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with just one of the first quotes that I wrote down. So, by avoiding emotional power struggles, um, oh, this is this is a family that had already tried some of the things in the book, and he, or, you know, some of the recommendations, and rose above power struggles. By avoiding emotional power struggles, they did not lower themselves to the emotional level of their defiant children. Mm-hmm. So again, it's that idea of being an emotion coach. Assuming that you can handle your emotions and you can support your child in learning how to handle theirs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Um, I one of my bullet points that I thought was great was that most parenting changes fail because you aren't patient. So that whole mm-hmm. concept of not letting the changes that you are making kind of take hold with yourself or your child. That's like feeling fake at first. Yeah. It's going to, you have to fake it till you make it. Right. <laughs> or, or do you remember me talking to you, um, about the, the one mom who I said, look, it's going to get really rough on yeah. day three and day four, but hang in there because day yep. six is going to be worth it. Well, she made another change around sleep. And I said the exact same thing. I said, this is not going to be fun. You yep. are not going to be happy, but yeah. In a week, you are going to get a full night's sleep, and your kid's going to be sleeping by themselves, but you have to wait. Wow, wait. you're bold. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked again. She That's was like, awesome. it was horrible. It was Aww. the most horrible thing ever. I can't believe we did it. She's like, her. she has a boyfriend. She, my boyfriend left. Like, he couldn't handle it, all this stuff. But she was patient, and she stick to, stuck with it, and it really, and both of them are getting so much more sleep now because she was able to do that. So That's awesome. Yeah. I have a family right now, thank you, because uh, that is so true where it always gets worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure he talks about that, does he? 
He maybe a little. Yeah, especially right. in, I don't know, but I, I think that's a really really good point that with power struggles, your kids are going to push back for a little while. They're going to double down. That yeah, to try and kind of create that mm-hmm. habit again. Right. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to think if you brought that up necessarily. It doesn't ring a, when I ring a bell. Maybe I just inserted it. Yeah. But anyway, um, I love that he also was talking about reflecting on what he, what the parent is feeling. Is more or less what you said. What are you feeling when you're in a power struggle with your child, mm-hmm. and really thinking through? Does that really what you mean? Is that really what your actions? Mm-hmm. Is the feeling what your actions? Mean? And I think realizing that you as the parent can actually escalate the situation mm-hmm. because you go into fight or flight because mm-hmm. you go out of that, you know, your brain isn't working at the best. Um, I think, uh, <clears throat> another piece that I liked in that was trying to seek to understand rather than control. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he quoted William Glasser, another quote that I liked forceful methods prevent children from acknowledging their own responsibility. Mm-hmm. Which the whole goal, right, of parenting is to try and help some a child learn to take more and more responsibility so they can be independent. Where it's so, um, I really appreciated that in those moments, if you can think about the fact that you're not helping them take responsibility if you're forcing the issue. Right. <clears throat> if the more you actually, again, partner with them mm-hmm. and seek to understand and help them through, coach them through it, mm-hmm. the more they're going to actually have more control over themselves in the future. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. follow I me? Mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In a much, like, I found the example, for me, the example of the girl with the jeans where yeah. it had nothing to do with the jeans. So they were in this huge power struggle over the cleaning of the jeans, yeah, right? Yeah. And it turns out it had nothing to do with that. She was just feeling really teenager, girl, um, vulnerable. Yeah. And the jeans were this representation of that. And and we we encounter that so often with our kids with autism where, you know, the family has this sort of red herring of... (laughs) It's about that he doesn't like the, the fact that she's wearing an orange shirt. No, right. You haven't given him all of the information, so he has no idea why this person with an orange shirt is here, <laughs> right? Or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, that kind of speaks to, um, well, seeking understanding, right? Than right. Right. Um, that you're going to get so much farther with that, and but I think that is such a huge one for. I'm looking forward to reading about what he says about consequences because, mm-hmm. so. Um, Another part of that was uh, letting go of control. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember what, um, how he said it. Um, you can control. You can control by giving up. Right. So so many families, yeah. including my own, think that oh, this behavior happened. I have to respond, and I have to make sure that they know that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, that goes through my head all the time. I have a teenager who's going to be 18. and But at the same time, if I were to battle that in the moment, it'll just make it worse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, So I have to keep reminding myself to don't escalate it. Let's come back to it later. Mm-hmm. Um, 
letting go actually is helping them learn to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm modeling, which he talks about too, of modeling staying in control. Um, So much there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other piece that we talk about a lot when, when, uh, especially working with teens, I feel like, well, no, all ages, is the concept of um, a child wanting controls into bad thing it, because you want them to have personal agency and all of that. But parents can do a really nice job of helping them have control over other things that are appropriate to kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like a release valve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that <clears throat> pressure valve, what do you call mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Um, that uh, I like the example where the mom was um, cooking and her son comes in and wants to have a cookie and she gets all upset about him having a cookie. They get into a battle. You can't have a cookie before dinner. And then he came. they came in for therapy mm-hmm. or whatever, and he said, don't you snack when you're cooking? Mm-hmm. Like, don't you taste things and stuff? And she went, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so to actually, then she created this opportunity for him to have control as being the taste tester pre-dinner. Mm-hmm. He still can't have the cookie, Mm-hmm. But he can now have a new role. He feels empowered. He's learning from modeling that what's okay and what's not okay. Um, I just, I like that example. Yeah, I agree. I really agree. And I thought that was a perfect example of all the, <clears throat> well, you talk often about <clears throat> families going down the rabbit hole, uh-huh. right? And that's the rabbit, like she's dying on the hill of the cookie when right. it's not really about that, right? It's about... Right. It's about that he's ready to eat and he, maybe he's, and maybe that was his, that kid's backwards way of saying, oh, I want to know more about cooking. Can you tell me what you're doing in here? I want to be in the kitchen with you. I want to be in the kitchen with you. It could be a social thing. Right. Yeah. And so he's coming for a cookie. I I think that a lot about my niece. I think she sometimes has this backwards way of asking to be Mm -hmm. included. And then she sort of puts up brick walls about, no, she doesn't want to. And then, you know, so it gets confusing, but. She's a different beast altogether. I talk about that as being assuming intent, mm. um, which isn't the whole picture, but assuming, uh, there's so much there, right? Like, mm-hmm. assume the positive intent when right. they come to you and want a cookie. And I like what you just said. I, I want you to say it again. Like, a backwards way of requesting. Oh, right. So, those two together again, require somebody to be mindful about their own being so they can listen mm-hmm. to more than words. Mm-hmm. Well, and not, you know, the hard part about all of this, too, is that you're assuming you have the, you're, you, you're not juggling a phone call from someone. You're not mm-hmm. worried about your ailing parent yourself. You're not worried about something in your relationship. You're not, um, I mean, putting food on the table or, you know, something going on with work or something going on in the greater world. Like it does require, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to juggle. And back to just the book and pieces that I like about it. He even has an example of how do you, what do you do when your child wants to control your time on the phone? Mm-hmm. And you have to be on the phone because mm-hmm. we all have to be. So he gives like very specific tips of like Agreed. here are some things you can do. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I like and to, sibling rivalry. Yeah, the sibling rivalry he goes big into. I also appreciate that he has um, examples of texting with 
teens oh, and totally. tweens and, and how it can get into a huge problem. Yeah. And he gives other examples of how to manage that or how to, yeah. And I really that appreciated yeah. that with my own son, for mm-hmm. sure. And I love that it is up to date, like right. reality. Right. Which, back to, to screen time. Mm-hmm. You know, we have so many conversations right now about, oh my God, we have to limit screen time, blah, 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 where he really validates the fact that that's our world today. Mm-hmm. The, you, the more you, well, there's so many things. This mm-hmm. is me talking, but the more you limit something, the more somebody's going to want it, mm-hmm. right? So there's that. But then he says, like, think about the positive aspects of screen time and technology and sharing of information and he gives examples in there of kids who've come in and said this is the dog i'm going to get and be able to show a picture of the dog you know or the breed or whatever right right. and um we couldn't do that before right agreed and oh my goodness the one that hit home the most with autism was um this is another quote with one tap click or swipe Children can enter a different world, children or adults, can enter a different world where the problems of their lives are no longer present. Mm-hmm. Ah. No wonder. It's so big. Yeah. I mean, that's what we all do, right? Mm-hmm. So especially for somebody who is feeling inadequate mm-hmm. or feeling um, less confident in social situations or whatever, it just, kaboom, takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Indeed. So one more thing that I have to say is that I read it on my e-reader, and I want the book, (laughs) the actual physical book, because in the e-reader you can click and go to other places, but it's hard to kind of come back. Mm. So maybe it's just the user error stuff. But um, (laughs) but, uh, I really wanted to be able to flip back to the appendixes a little Mm -hmm. bit easier back and forth between pages that he references and things um, like the imagine uh, restoring images of your child oh, kind uh-huh. of thing. He references that later, and so you can go back and refer to it, but yeah. it's hard to do for me anyway on an e-reader. I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, no, I that I appreciate it. So I started reading it on my phone from mm-hmm. the library, and then um, I mentioned that it got... Um, it got taken back from me because I, it was overdue <laughs> and it it, t- it disappears automatically and then I thought, Ugh, now what do I do? So then I found I got the paper book from the library, and I agree with you. you can go back and forth. I fo- what I found was helpful on the phone is because I just could deal with the amount of information right there on that one page. Mm. So it it even made it more manageable since there's so oh, much in the book. So I felt I felt. Um, better able to focus, just me personally, mm. rather than sort of looking at like, oh, the pages are big and long, and oh, there's so many <laughs> lists, and whatever. It, yeah, <laughs> and so it, it did. It kept me from feeling overwhelmed when I put mm. it um, in the more manageable. But you're right, to so go back and forth. Now I'm, now that, because I did the beginning of the book on the phone and the end of the book on and here, oh, and yeah. the end of the book is much more about um, the appendix, you know, the appendices are in the back there and <clears throat> going back. And there are really nice, like, uh, uh, did you, did I, do I see that you made copies of some of the pages, some of the lists? Yeah, so I, I didn't, I went, I made copies of a few things and we can, I can't really post some of it, but, um, yeah, whenever he would have a table of, mm-hmm. like, I have one here that is ways to be calm versus ways, and, not versus, 
ways to be calm and ways to be firm mm-hmm. and just really specific examples, ways to where you might be using a controlling statement and how a, a rephrasing of that as a non-controlling statement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So whenever they had one, I took a, just a screenshot of it. Yeah. So just for my own reference. Yeah. Yeah. Are those in the back? No, they're not okay. separately listed in the back at all. But um, I, at my point in bringing that up is I just noticed it in your hand, and I do. I mean, I feel like there's really great lists mm-hmm. available in and here. And references. Yeah, yeah. So just a just an overall. So um, we will continue with day five How do and you feel onward. About that? Is that cool? Yeah, that's what it sounds great. Okay. Let's continue with Dave. We'll pause on day four. We'll aim to do 5 through 10 next time, but mm-hmm. we may not get all the way through. We Indeed. Don't know. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Sounds and good to um, me. on one thing that I did look up is um, Jeffrey Bernstein is the author, and I looked up um, a PDF of the key points. Oh. And um, so I will put that in the podcast notes too. Oh, great. It's an, something that he created from this book. Um, so it's just something you can put on your fridge or whatever for just reminding you after you've read it. Very cool. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Thanks for another great conversation. Yes. See you soon. See you soon.